straight out of the heart of Texas, here come the students of conflict, helping you become a better Malifaux player and reach the top of the podium, one game at a time. of conflict uh we're clay nick and doug or i guess just doug because life happens but anyway we're trying to become better malifaux players leveling up ourselves and hopefully helping others level up as well we do that by interviewing top third players from the lone star conference playing malifaux tournaments across the united states and the world sometimes we're not trying to capture their entire tournament journey. We want to take an in-depth look at a single game from each of our guests. What were key decisions they made before the game, during the game, and now looking back at the game, what were things they learned and can pass on to others? So our basic format is we're going to interview the guests all at once, as soon as possible after the tournament. That way, it's all fresh in their minds, and we can get some good cross-flow between the guests. But rather than publishing one long marathon podcast, we break it up, releasing one individual podcast per guest, helping people level up one game at a time. Today, we're talking to Jonathan. Hello. Andre. Hello, everyone. And Brian. Hello. They came in uh, second, first, and third place, respectively. At the November Malifaux Monthly Tournament held in Houston on November 11th, 2023. And we'll be releasing our discussions with them as episodes 12A through C. Okay. I didn't screw that up too badly. Felt good. Felt real good. <laughs> and you know what? I can make it sound as good as I want because I edit this shit. <laughs> <laughs> You'll notice things are a little bit weird today because... Clay has family stuff, and uh, Nick had to cancel last minute because, well, he flipped the Black Joker IRL. So we're going to kick things off with Jonathan. How are you doing today, Jonathan? Doing awesome, Doug. Thanks for having me on the show. I uh, really appreciate it. Always a good time talking with you guys. Yeah, yeah. I always have a fun time when you're here. It's always good times. So yeah, so we're uh, recording this episode a little bit later than normal due to, you know, Thanksgiving. Sure. And so it's officially the holiday season now, and I really, really like food. And also, <laughs> Clay's not here to entirely keep me on task. Oh, excellent. So the icebreaker question today I wanted to ask is, what is your favorite holiday dish? Now, that doesn't have to be Thanksgiving or Christmas. It can be literally any holiday, but it can be Thanksgiving or Christmas. Uh, the one I'm always forced to make is a sweet potato souffle. Uh, mm. A lot of uh, butter and brown sugar and uh, pecans and stuff. <laughs> it's good. Uh, nice, nice comfort food there. So uh, always, always a crowd pleaser. Yeah. I love sweet potatoes. <laughs> I love souffles. Can I get that recipe? I would send it to you right now. Ooh, yes, one moment. Do. Yes, do that. Do that. Okay. Feeding the world. <laughs> In the show notes, we'll post the link. To <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm writing this. I, I see. Yeah. I, I have shown some conflict first. All their recipes. You know, we're just going to make this a food. Uh, we're going to look back now. in five years like, man, how did we start here? <laughs> Didn't the show used to be about Malifaux? <laughs> and now it's, you know, a travel cooking show, apparently. That's right. <laughs> 
But yeah, so which round are you talking about today, Jonathan? Uh, I'm going to talk about round three. Um, I actually got to play my son, Elijah, in this round, which is really cool. Um, Before I get into the game, though, can we just have a moment of silence for round two, which is the most brutal round of Malifaux that was ever played? Uh, (laughs) 20% of the the participants in the tourney quit just so they wouldn't have to play this round. Mm -hmm. And then 75% of the games that were actually played ended in a concession. It was just a severe bloodbath. It was just, it was a total game changer. I'm not quite sure what happened in that round, but it's definitely one to, to write down. It will probably never do again. <laughs> round two. Itself. Round yeah. two. Definitely one for the history books. Was, like, is it like the, was it a really bad pool or something? Or no, no. It, it, it seemed pretty innocuous at the start, but again, I mean, Little people were like dropping like flies. Yeah, it was. <laughs> It was pretty, pretty dangerous. Wedge plant explosives, which is <laughs> route a fifth of us. Well, you know, I I like you know that we've got plant explosive in the uh, scheme in the strategy pool again. That's it's fun. Yeah, it was good. I think also you know the tournament was so relaxed because mm-hmm. GG four was so brand new. Everyone was just kind of chilling, and then you throw in a wedge deployment, and all of a sudden, like it gets way more dangerous than you were expecting. Like, yeah, yes. this new crew might as well. And then, oh. <laughs> we're we're, we're still playing Malfo. Yeah. Start that intensity. The eight to ten range. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, so round three was much more normal. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it was uh I can go through the, the whole scheme pool if yeah, you want me yeah. to. All right. So we were playing uh flank deployment, which is much safer than wedge. Uh stuff the ballots, which is a little bit slower moving than plant explosives. And the scheme pool was let them bleed, deathbeds, espionage, information overload, and take prisoner. Uh, we were playing on the Deadwood Hollow map, which is, I think, one of your newer maps, Doug. Really yep, awesome. That, that's one I made for the photo. It's a really cool, like, town center with a nice, um, I lost my word, um, There's a hanging gibbet. place. Gibbet, yeah, gibbet, yeah, the... Uh, Gallows, gallows. The gallows, thank you. Lost all my words there. Okay, you heard it here first, folks. Uh, anyway, yeah, so nice gallows in the middle, a nice thematic map. And um, yeah, so anyway, so I uh, got to play Elijah. Uh, we don't actually get to play as much now. He, he His uh, school stuff is uh, getting busier. He's doing a lot more extracurriculars, and I think he kind of avoids playing me, if at all possible. So it was really nice that you cornered him and made him play his father. Uh, and so we got we, we, we got a nice relaxing round three against each other. Um, I asked him which of the masters he wanted to play. I only brought uh, two. I only brought Dreamer and Zoraida, just because both of those two masters seemed like they had the speed to tackle all the kind of long-range scheming stuff in GG4. Uh, okay. I also brought a, a puppets crew just in case things went really sideways. Uh, didn't have to pull that one out. But he, he chose to play against Dreamer because he had just played against Zoraida. And then he returned the favor, and uh, he let me pick his master. So I picked his Barbros list because I haven't had a chance to play against Barbros um, since all the return models got released. So I, I wanted to see how that all worked out. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet either. I I want to try playing against that at some point. Well, he tricked me, and he played all Nephilim models, <laughs> which I already played oh. into around one against Andre. So <laughs> looks on me. <laughs> all Nephilim, all day yeah. long. <laughs> New meta. New meta. <laughs> it's a pretty good meta. It is. Yeah. I'm here for it. And I, I, I could definitely talk more about that during during Andre's uh, episode. Or maybe I can just talk about it now. But like there's there's a couple crews that rapidly change the game state and like reduce any sense of safety that you might have. And <laughs> and, and like Nephilim is one of those. They're so fast and killy, like you can't mm-hmm. hang around and do what you want to do 
without getting a big, you know, sword uh, or claws mm-hmm. in your face. So it's um, it, it's definitely an interesting matchup. Um, so he he had not tried the new gaining grounds yet. Uh, I'd had I'd actually had two practice games. Uh, thankfully, I practiced this scheme pool, so I kind of knew what I wanted to do and what I didn't want to do. Um, he had not uh, tried GG4 just because it wasn't an app yet. So he at this point round three he was kind of having a little bit of new scheme fatigue. Uh, so he decided to go for a uh, strats plus kilifo strategy, oh, okay. which which is really quite effective with Nephilim. Um, mm-hmm. if, if I if I didn't have a summoner, he, he probably would have taken the game from me. But I was just able to produce enough models throughout the game to 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 stay to stay on the board. And eventually, I was just I, I got I got away from him and was able to score my points. Cool. So speaking of uh, gaining grounds four, uh, I figure we're not doing a full gaining grounds four episode because that's not really our format. We're you know more of the hey game at a time. Sure. And I uh, before we really um, uh, before I really want to put in my full opinions on gaining grounds four, I actually want to play everything, and I have not had a chance <laughs> to play all the okay. uh, the game, all the new strategies yet. So, question for you: What do you do? Whenever new strats and schemes or rules come out, you know, a new book, a new gaining grounds. And, you know, how do you prepare for an event when you probably haven't had a chance to play all of the new strategies or schemes yet? So for this one, it was really hard to get to wrap my, my brain around all the new strats and schemes. A lot of them are fairly, I don't know, I don't know if they're complicated, but they're similar enough or, or strange enough that it was hard to, to keep them uh, you know, memorize. So I, I took the documents and I cut, I cut and paste the strats and schemes and made each round its own page. So I could look at all the strats and schemes together while I was building my crews. And that way I could make oh, sure that I could at least legitimately score all my points with, with my base crew and then try to tweak it later. You know, if, if I ran into a matchup that I needed to, to change stuff out for. And then in the true spirit of competitive Malifaux, this absolute Chad sent out the PDFs of those <laughs> of schools and strats for the rest of us peasants to be able to read, for which I am deeply appreciative. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah, it sounds like a great way to just kind of organize it. Heck, that's almost a great way to, even if you're familiar with them, just kind of see it all right there in front of you. Right. Even if it's, you know, six months in to a uh, gaining grounds. Yeah, you know, and it's always good to measure stuff out like, okay, if I'm in flank deployment, like, how, how far is it to get my power ritual off or, you know, like if I'm, if it's uh, stuff, the ballots, like how many movements do I need to get over to the, to the other ballot boxes? Just trying to look at that stuff and, and just make sure that your guys actually have the, the, the tools to accomplish uh, their jobs is really important. Yeah. Yeah. That you're figuring out the, okay, exact measurements of the, Oh, there is literally no way to get this yeah. model to that corner there. It's good to know. I remember when, um, the one with the the lodestone came out and people were doing all the lodestone math of the, okay, so here's how we do this. Right. Right. Exactly. And, and, you know, chucking the football and getting it, a, the measurements down there to do it as efficiently as possible. I can see that being big and important, especially in uh stuff, the ballot box. Uh, no, yeah, totally. And uh, yeah. And, and I think this GG, I think makes you build your crews a little bit differently because I think defense plays a bigger part in your, um, strategy because you know a lot of times you're you're needing you're needing to stuff your own ballots or you're having to defend or drop scheme markers just to defend against their scheme strategy their scheme schemes. Uh, so I I think it definitely changes the the mix up of, of people's crews. Cool. Yeah. So what do you think of uh, gaining grounds for so far? 
It's tough, man. It's, <laughs> there, there's a lot going on. Um, in all the games I've played, we pretty much have used the whole map, or at least you know the, the majority of the map. Um, it's, it's hard to keep track of what exactly your opponent's trying to do because so many of the schemes are similar. So you're basically fighting against everything all the time while trying really hard to get your own stuff done. Like I, I've only been able to play one game of is it cloak and dagger? Is that the mm-hmm. the one where the mo- they teleport when they when you interact with them? Yeah, it that's tough. Like like trying to get those last strat points take a lot of effort, and so mm-hmm. you, there's a lot of other stuff that can kind of sneak by if you're trying to get that you know going. So I I think this is one that's going to keep people stumped for a while, and uh, it's definitely going to get people more creative with how they how they build their crews. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to get that one to the table yet. It starts fine, and then it ends <laughs> weird. Yeah. Until the end of turn two, you only need to make make it to the center line and interact once. You're like, oh, this is fine. <laughs> and then you get to like turn four, half your crew's dead. Right. You're not sure if you should stab the other guy or just interact with him or interact with the ballots. Like, turn yeah. two is a dream. Turn four <laughs> is a nightmare. Right. So, so it's, yeah. it's definitely one of those warping strategies. Yeah, like, I have to do 15 things and I can only do five things. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I've uh, played, I think I've only played Ballot Box and the... Um, Raid the vaults. Mm-hmm. So far. Okay. Because so, yeah. raid the vaults, you know, it's it's like um, guard the stash. But I t- and I totally ended up playing it like guard the stash, and then I realized partway through the game, like, oh shit, why am I, you know, mathing out, you know, having to hold down all of these points? I just need those two deep ones, right? And, and the rest fine. of my crew, crew can continue just murdering the heck of them off the board, because <laughs> that's what we had done. We just murdered the fuck off of them off the board. Yeah. The uh, the Titania Marcus and Dinosaur list actually has got some juice in that one. Yeah, having basically being able to reward going into your opponent's deployment zone, I think is a is a nice feature over Guard the Stash because Guard yeah. the Stash was basically like. I'm going to forget that this isn't just kill a foe for three rounds. <laughs> and then when we get right. to turn four, we'll be like, oh, right, I should leave the center line. Um, whereas I think I think uh, Raid the Vaults definitely rewards those mobility crews where it's like, well, you know, I am kicking your ass, but that random, you know, Sillerid made it to my back line and now you're scoring still. <laughs> right. Yeah, you, you're able to do strats and schemes at the same time, as opposed to feeling like you're, you're throwing models away, trying to get a scheme, you know, in, exactly. their, in their backfield when there's no other reason to be there. Okay, so I figure, you know, we can touch on uh, gaining grounds for more in-depth as, you know, things come up during yeah, sure. the uh, course of it here. But so, before the start of the game, so obviously you did your uh, prep work in advance with the making the pools, having them all set out there, and coming up with your possible crews for these things. What decisions did you end up making when it was a, okay, this is the game, this is the matchup? So, um, yeah, I'd made some some crews for each of the um, rounds, and I was I wanted to try out some new models. Um, so for this round, I, I added Capellius to my Dreamer crew, who I think looks pretty cool. I just never seemed to be able to fit him in the crew. So that was, it was my goalie round to try, try some models that I haven't tried out before. And so he was the... He, he was the, the spoiler for, for round three, and he did okay. <laughs> he probably I'm won't shocked. make the cut again. Yeah, <laughs> he did shockingly average. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, but anyway, so that, that was the goal. But I ended up uh, taking, of course, Dreamer and uh, Chompy. Uh, I took um, one stitched. I took Serena Bowman, Bandersnatch, Window we- uh, Widow Weaver, 
and a wicked doll, and I took nine stones because in round one I only took seven stones and got super murdered by Andre's <laughs> Nephilim. So I thought maybe two more stones I could stay alive, like one more round and uh, score some points. So and it worked. It worked. The plan worked. And so you, you feel like you, with the Dreamer, not just because of summoning, but because of squishiness, you need to uh, bring a few extra stones? Uh, well, yeah, so especially because for the strats, you have to you have to have your original crew alive, and they have to be able to interact. I, I felt like, yeah, uh, you know, just in case I needed to make sure that my original models were still alive by the time they got across the board to try to take out his ballots. And so I thought, you know, I had several stone users, and that would be a way to keep them, uh, you know, alive enough to, to, to score some points out of the last couple of rounds. Cool. Yeah, do you tend to bring more stones with a summoner, or is it just more stones for survivability? Kind of what's your uh, thoughts behind the right amount of stones to bring for this kind of stuff? Uh, I think you definitely need more for Dreamer, and I was also assuming that uh, my Stitch together would get murdered, and I'd probably want to try to bring him back with Widow Weaver if I had the chance. So I wanted a couple stones to play with for, for both uh, you know summoners in, in, in that regard. Um, yeah, my... My, my stupid pick that I, I took, I think, twice uh, this tournament was uh, Bandersnatch and Widow Weaver, which are incredibly fast together. Uh, Bandersnatch is awesome if he is always on the side of the board. Um, anytime that he thinks that he can fight, he is immediately killed. So, <laughs> so <laughs> as long as he never tries to engage, he's pretty good. Um, you know, if, if they're sending anything after him to try to kill him, then that's kind of a win for me because he's, he's pretty elusive. But if he, if he gets a little too big for his britches, then... Uh, anything we'll, we'll 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 take that model down so that was kind of a danger pick and then i i took a um i took a wicked doll uh because uh i wanted him to just hang out in my deployment zone and uh tag my ballot box twice in in round two to make sure that i had a nice healthy lead there to make it more challenging for my opponent to get to get those points from me gotcha so um what schemes did you end up uh taking I took espionage and I also took information overload. Um, with the maneuverability of the Nephilim crew, I didn't want to try to deal with take prisoner. Uh, I can never get deathbeds. And then again, you know, let them bleed. I knew that I was probably going to be running away from him as opposed to trying to kill him. So I, I didn't even, you know, try to mess with that one. Also, it's, I, I had enough to deal with just trying to master the strategy and make sure I was getting to the to appropriate points. I didn't want to have to also be trying to get to points where I could take out his models. So uh, just doing the scheming one seemed like it was an easy one to do um, while I was trying to get the strat points. Mm -hmm. Yeah, information overload. Honestly, I read that one, and I uh, first time I read it through, I'm like, the what? The the what? The, too much information. I'm never gonna take this one. <laughs> yeah, right. It is an overload for my brain. Well, it's one of the ones kind of like, uh, kind of like leave your mark where if both people take it, it's miserable, mm -hmm. but if only one person takes it, it's, it's, it's kind of no big deal. So, um, you know, it, it, it just depends if, if your opponent wants to default on their strategy to try to drop, you know, a lot of scheme markers as well, or if they're just going to let you, you know, run another board, uh, you know, using up your AP. So. Cool. So now, uh, when uh, Elijah went and revealed his crew there, were you a little bit, so you knew he was bringing Barbaros. Were you a little right. bit surprised that he was bringing all Nephilim as opposed to bringing some of the returns or were you kind of ready for that there? 
I, I was, I guess I was just more disappointed. And he was like, yeah, I took all, all, all return models last round. Like, okay, well, I guess I should have played you last round. But yeah, he, he took, um, he took the Noxious Nephilim, which I, I don't know if it's good or not, but it's definitely fun. He took, uh, he, <laughs> he took a, it's not, he took a young, he took two Terror Tots, a Mature and Hayred. So I don't, I don't know what the quintessential Barbaros list is, but he had a bunch of Nephilim toys. Um, he did a really good job. He took uh, Barbaros, a mature, I think a young and a tot onto one of my flanks of my flank and basically kept the majority of my crew in my deployment zone. And it really took like all that I could to just try to escape all of his, uh, all of his shove aside. Barbaros has, has shove aside baked into his attack. Oh, nice. So, so he, he was really annoying. Just like pushing my, anytime I thought I was going to escape and score some points, he's like, no, you go back. You know, four inches, and I'm going to shove in and, and engage you, and you know, deal with it. So I, I spent a lot of AP just trying to like push my own guys, trying to use an insidious madness to push people around, use streamers bonus to push people around, um, you know, tricks like that just to try to escape and and score points. Uh, on the other flank, it was a much bloodier battle with uh, Hey Redden and a uh, a young and the noxious versus the two spiders and um, and and my stitch together. Uh, and it's one of those things where, you know, they were fighting over the points. He killed some stuff. I killed some stuff. He had a really cheeky heal where he just kind of waddled his hodgepodge effigy up and like severe healed the noxious Nephilim, you know, right before it's going to kill him off. So he, he was doing a good job over there. Um, but, but the, the Barbaros crew was, it definitely had a lot more control than I was expecting. Uh, just being able to lock people down with your, with your big two inch engagement range. And, you know, with the, with the combat finesse of the matures, it makes it really challenging to try to, you know, break that just you know, try to break out of that and do what you want to do. So it was definitely a challenging match. Combat finesse. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so you had a group. day full of combat finesse. <laughs> yeah. It was, <laughs> but, you know, round three, I'd already dealt with it once. I'm like, cool, I'm not even going to try to fight this guy. I'm just going to try to shove him away and then try to run. And that, I think it worked out better. Um, it, it, it definitely felt better. Yeah, it's one of those important lessons to learn of the can I take this down easily do, or do I just not have the tech to deal with that crap? And it's like, right. oh, I don't. Sweet. I'm just not going to deal with this. Yeah. I mean, and is there even tech to deal with combat finesse? Because that ability, I hate it so much. <laughs> shoot him in the face. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, just don't I, stab I, him. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever yeah, you do, don't stab him. Like, I, yeah. I don't really have guns. <laughs> Well, and I think Dreamer is probably one of the only uh, Neverborn crews that has enough shooting that can that can maybe do it without worrying about the combat finesse. But if I was worrying about killing a mature Nephilim with what is it, ten wounds, you know, Region Two, whatever, mm -hmm. um, then I, I'm not able to get my movement off and try to get across the board because with the flank deployment, it's just it's such a wide field that I just I really couldn't spend the AP trying trying to take him out and and still make sure I could get my points off. Yeah, yeah. Well, and they've got those guns and those ignore friendly fires, so that's actually one of the shootier Neverborn crews out there. Come to think of it, and you're still yeah. just chipping them down a two, three, four at a time. Like it's just not worth. Right. No. Time. Yeah. So much investment for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now during the game, what were some you know interesting lines of play that happened and some key decision points uh, for both you and for uh, your opponent? that really were big turning points in the game? 
Uh, well, again, I think Elijah did a good job of uh, trapping most of my crew um, in my deployment zone, and he was being really aggro. And again, if I didn't have the summons, and especially being able to summon Insidious Madnesses, who were able to push people uh, mm-hmm. without having to flip for it, if I didn't have that ability, it would have been um, it would have been really dangerous for me. Uh, now, on the other side, with my spiders, I was able to attack the strat earlier, and that gave me a, a really big advantage there because I had my votes in before he did, so I had a point advantage on him on, on, on one side of the board. So even if I wasn't going to get max points, I, I still w- was starting off faster than he was, so he was kind of at a disadvantage you know, there to, just based on... Um, you know, activating early, making sure I got those votes in before he did, you know, as opposed to trying to kill stuff, to just making sure you get that, that strat taken care of, I think I think was a really uh, big big play in my favor, at least for this matchup. Now, with the, um, the new, the stuffed ballot box strategy, something that uh, I noticed when I was reading this through the first time is the whole, if you get more than five votes in there, it, you know, clicks over and starts again. But when I've played it, none of the ballot boxes even got close to that, you know, hitting the reset button on that. Did that, did you see that at all in your game? Yeah, we had a cool little fight in the corner with the spiders and uh, Hey Redden and, and I think it was a young Nephilim, um, where I had gotten in two votes. Then Elijah came in with a couple models. I had to run away with my web, uh, teleport thing, whatever it's called. Seize prey. Seize prey, thank you, sir. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just seize prey away from my prey, which did not exist, mm. to try to not get killed. And then I was able to jump back in um, and, and get enough votes on there to flip it back over and, and, and take the point back. So it did actually happen, but it took a lot of seize praying on my part to, <laughs> <laughs> to uh, accomplish that. When I can see with the whole, there being what, it's seven? There's seven strategy? of them, yeah. Yeah, seven strategy markers means that you can just play right past your opponent's like, hey, I'm going to take these ones. You're going to take those ones. We, we cool. We good. Right now. I can see that happening a lot of games. I mean, theoretically, if you just agree to not touch each other's one player <laughs> will, will, will score four points. The other will play, will score three. Oh, that's uh, nice. So like, you know, there, there is, there is some, uh, motivation to shove the other guy away you know to uh intimidate the voters as it were <laughs> yeah, i mean uh, i think we'll see i think right now we're still coming from gg3 where you're running typically smaller crews yeah and so you're not going to see a lot of people excessively dumping votes on those ballot boxes but right. if you'll start bringing less models to or I'll start bringing more models to the game you're going to see those those ap heavy crews overwhelmed those ballot boxes and i think that's when you start going to start seeing this flip a lot more yeah it was good and again you know taking a little three-point model that's significant like a wicked doll was really helpful for this strat pool because he he could you know do his job and get a couple votes and then just go harass people and try to you know keep keep the opponent from from getting their their schemes done or you know trying to trying to go vote on a on a box that they had abandoned stuff like that so it was it, it was pretty nice yeah, he can get you know he can get his votes in and then do you know some good old fashioned voter intimidation. <laughs> do some voter fraud by voting multiple times. Yes. Yep. Like, it's good I times. don't think that yep. dog brought voter ID. <laughs> so wicked. Bring I mean, if, if you just like stack your two at home with three votes each, then they have to spend four EP to flip it to themselves. Like it just 
Yeah, but who know. sits around like, you know, I got three extra AP lying around. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I'd say it's a yeah. thought. It's With a your thought. trash little Wicked Doll model, like, sure, yeah. sure. I, I feel like two is the magic number. Like, if they can yeah. get in my deployment zone and have three AP to spare to, to hit that ballot box, then, you know, congrats. Yeah. Uh, clearly, I'm, I, I'm somewhere else doing something that I need to be doing. So, you know, good for you making it all the way over there. But, uh, yeah, that sounds like, I mean, a good way to do it. It's like, hey, you know what? They can't, you can't win by tie on it. There, you got to beat them out. And you only spent two AP on it. They've got to spend three AP on it. So, right. ultimately, that puts you one AP up on taking that uh, strat marker. Yeah, exactly. So, other interesting things that kind of went down during the game there? It was really difficult. And again, it was just, you know, trying to trying to get away from, with so many, uh, you know, scheme marker related schemes, uh, you know, trying to get away from his models was kind of the biggest task here. And I know that there's other crews that are better at just throwing scheme markers everywhere. I just didn't have them with me in, in, in my bag. Um, and so... Uh, you know, I, I think maybe Lucius has some more play in GG4. I don't want to, you know, speak too quickly, but, um, <laughs> you, you, you know, at least for Neverborn. Um, and, you know, Marcus with his leaping cast, I'm sure that'll be, oh. Wait, oh. Wait, oh, wait, oh, wait, oh, 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 never mind. Anyway, sorry, Marcus. Oh, that, that, that hurts. <laughs> that hurts. That still hurts. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I, I, Marcus I think it's probably can better. Leap, but... <laughs> yeah. And if you want to leap him around dropping ski markers, I definitely appreciate that. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I, I think different crews are going to be, be better at this, but in this particular matchup, it was just, it was a lot of work trying to get free and get in a position where I could put the screen markers where, where I needed, uh, you know, them to be. Mm -hmm. So who was the MVP model of the game for you? Uh, definitely dreamer. And that was just cause he was able to summon a couple insidious madnesses. I think if I didn't have those extra models, it, it would have been game over for me. Okay. Yeah. Cause I mean, the score ended up being, what was it? You went uh, seven to two on it there. But it sounds like it was a lot closer game than this score would indicate. Yeah, I, it was, uh, it, again, I was able to get a couple strat points real early and I was able to get the banner snatch away from his guys. And w once the banner snatch is free in your, in your back line, he, he can score you a couple points. So, so that was good. And then, but on the other end, he, it took me several, probably at least three rounds to try to get a couple models out of my, you know, deployment zone area so I could actually score some points uh, uh, for, you know, for my scheme. So it was, it, it, if I didn't have those extra models to push people around, I, I don't think I would have been able to do it. Gotcha. Cool. So now we're going to go into our after the game talk here. Sure. So what advice would you have for a bottom third player? Someone who's, you know, facing the dreamer for the first time or even, you know, a, a newer player who is, this is the first time they've had a new gaining grounds get dropped in their lamp. Uh, don't play Kilifo. Um, always, uh, always keep the points in mind. You know, if, if you're just waiting around to do something cool the next round, sure, you, you know, you can attack somebody or, or, or somebody's really threatening a point or if, if they have a linchpin model that's going to, you know, ruin their day, you know, definitely try to kill that. But don't just attack stuff because you have attacks. Make sure that your attack is is working towards getting you you know victory points. Okay, and what's some you know advice for the bottom third player with uh, Dreamer specifically? Uh, you should probably try to kill Dreamer um, if you <laughs> if you if you focus fire if you can get him away from his protected. He only has seven wounds, mm. and uh, and that way you don't have any new models coming out. And so, you know, most of his models can can, can die pretty quickly. Um, you know, once they stop producing more. 
I have to point it out. It was it was uh hey guys, you know, don't play kill a foe, earn your points, but also yeah, body my master immediately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well again, uh, you know, the caveat is that if, if it's the linchpin model of their crew, um, you know, like if it if 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 you can see that their whole strategy crumbles if you take the model out, then um mm-hmm. I guess it's more like kill the summoner instead of the summoned. Mm-hmm. Because if mm-hmm. I'm spending one AP to summon something and you're spending three to kill it. Yeah. Then I have you at, at at a disadvantage. So if you if, if you take it to the to the summoner instead, I think that's a better use of your uh, resources. Kill the monster generator. That's good. Yeah, uh, yeah. I guess if you want better advice, Andre, maybe take some ruthless <laughs> models. <laughs> I feel like it's not for the bottom level player. But the question was toward this point, Andre, right? <laughs> So now, well, what are some gotcha mechanics that a Dreamer crew might have in it that someone might not be aware of if they haven't run into them before? Uh, does Dreamer have gotcha mechanics? Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like I need to take advantage of them. I haven't put Dreamer on the table in a while. Dreaming, uh, Dreamer can summon models. Hmm. Um, the Insidious Madnesses can attack through other models while buried, right? I mean, they can just keep you distracted. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's still okay. I'm sorry. They can give you distracted, and it's still very annoying. Yeah, it's, yeah. it is annoying. But it kills your focus and then gives you distracted. Right, yeah, right. It's, yeah, it's a tactical action cool. needs a five seduction attack. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's pretty nice. Um, yeah, I, I guess like never fail a willpower duel when you're mm-hmm. you're facing yeah. dreamer because something's probably going to pop out or models are going to heal, and you'll just be embarrassed. Um. And, and have a bad time. So you have to try to, I guess, hire some high, you know, willpower models or save your defense cards for that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what advice would you give to a middle third player? You know, someone who's got some experience under their belt, looking to give you a little bit more of a challenging game and hopefully win if they uh, play the game right. Uh, I feel like I already gave away the, the uh, advice that I had planned. So man, middle tier player against streamer, Again, make sure that you're taking models that can deal with their with their defensive tech. Um, if you have stuff that's ruthless, or if you have stuff with you know plus flips to get through the serene, just make sure that you're playing to your strengths and and not running into a trap where you can't actually do what you want to do. Oh yeah, that, that's the serene continents. Uh, yep. So so for uh, players who don't know what that is, it if you target the dreamer with attack actions, you're on a negative flip, which is nasty. If you're not expecting that. Right. And there's also, oh, I, I thought of a gotcha with him there is the whole, his uh, bubble of, no, I can't remember what it's called. I'm pulling Diversion. Up yes, oh, diversion. diversion. Yep. Yeah, that's, it's like, oops. That one does suck. Yeah, because <laughs> he's got that four inch bubble around him of, uh no bonus actions. Yeah, I mean, it definitely takes some spiciness for, for the for the dreamer to be like aggressively you know, diversioning you because that, that kind of gets him into harm, harm's way. But if you try to come into his lair, uh, yeah, that, that can definitely be a gotcha moment if you're if you're counting on those uh, those bonus actions for sure. Okay, so now advice for a top third player. Uh, don't take Capellius. The uh, <laughs> <laughs> big brain advice. <laughs> that model that everyone says is trash to mid. It is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> he really is. Or at least don't take them into Nephilim. Like, take somebody with some bigger arms so they're not getting black-blooded. <laughs> uh, you know, like, uh, uh, Stephen King has this famous advice to, to kill your darlings, and I think really, like, 
you know, you know, make sure you're putting that, that stuff that you'd love for no good reason or, or, or that you know is bad, but play anyway. Just just stop playing it mm. and, and play stuff that actually works in that particular mm. staple. I am Harsh. sad here because Capellius is a staple in most of my dream recruits. I mean, you know, on, on paper, he looks real good, but he's also like real expensive. So, yeah, I'm sad now. I need to take that on the list. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. a cool sculpt too. Both of his sculpts are cool. Yeah. And he eats eyeballs, and he's got, you know, he's fast as heck. Right. Yeah, he... When you look on paper, you're like, wow, that's an Akima damage track with an Akima stat. He should be incredible. What's your defensive lineup there, champ? And he's like, terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm only nine stones. What a bargain. (laughs) Oh... You should yeah. use one and, fourth and of your a, spinning power on me. And right. he's an enforcer, not a henchman, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heck, if he were a henchman, I'd say maybe he'd be worth the nine stones. That's still a hard sell. I don't know, but I mean, because then they have you know stones as defense. Oh, tight! I get to dump more money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that that that's the it's like. Okay, Doug, listen to the advice of your guest and stop playing putting Capellius on the table. I mean, live your best life, but uh, but yeah, just just not without Capellius. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't work anymore. Sorry, Doug. Actually, I'm sorry because I hated that model. I loved him in second edition where he could also give him that upgrade that would give him wings that would make Mm, on dreaming wings. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, it was wonderful because he was like movement like eight. Or nine, then and mm-hmm. flying is like, Wee, I'm everywhere. You cannot escape me. Give me your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did have some cool mechanics, but yeah, okay. So, don't for for me and all my top third homies, don't take yeah. Apelius. Don't take Apelius, <laughs> whatever you do, especially out of keyword. I mean, because nine, he's kind of like <laughs> right on the line there for 10, 10 stones. <laughs> Okay, even I'm not that stupid. <laughs> I feel like you're just throwing the game at that. Uh, this is, you know, Andre's like really bored with the. Uh... No, I'm, I'm, I'm literally looking at his card right now. I'm yeah. like, could I make him good? No. No, There's... yeah. Oh. At what cost, sir? Yeah, and, you exactly. know, I can't even pull my shenanigans of the, well, this model's mediocre. But if I bring Marcus again, yeah, really right. fun. Yeah, right. Because yeah, he's not a beast. So nope, I can't, can't staple upgrades to him. Yeah. Nope. So uh, we've got a question from uh, Discord here. So Nathan on Discord, uh, and not that Nathan, the other Nathan. Uh, sure. But not, no, not, not, not that one, the other one. Mm, okay. No, 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 not that one, the other one. Mm, my bad. Do, do you know how many Nathans we have in Malifaux at this point? Because we got way too many. It's at least a, a percentage point. I know, it's <laughs> ridiculous. Anyway, so where are the guild podiums? Uh, he was told that the nerfs weren't a big deal, and Guild was still good, and then they never podiumed again. So I think the only Guild player we had at the tournament was Brandon. Does that sound right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was playing Tull yep. post-nerf, and guess what? The The nerf on Tull is not bad, but the nerf on the rest of his crew feels real bad. Well, it varies. Like, I feel like, what's what's her name? I feel like Louisa got into a spot where I'm like, okay, this isn't insufferable to play against. Right. But Watson being nine cost for his kit uh, just seems like a little rude. It just like, for for like each of those three models, King's Wall, Watson, and Louisa, it's like mm-hmm. they weren't even thinking about what, what makes them them, like what's their thing. 
they changed a bunch of stuff that didn't really matter as far as like the you know the narrative of that card uh, you know to try to balance the game like I th- does Louisa still have don't mind me like I don't know if she needs don't mind me if she can you know jump out of engagement with her little tractor thing and, and drop a ski marker like you could have you could have um, taken that off and kept all terrain and she still would have felt more like that model should. I think the like, biggest nerf was the King's Wall, though. Like, giving up the negs to hit and damage for my friends to, right. if you end a charge within three, take two. Like, that's, it's a bad stand and fire, and that's already a terrible ability. No, and, and that's the thing. All they had to do was take um, Warning Growls off of John Watson, and that would have totally neutered that whole... I totally agree. Like, like Death Bubble thing, and it would have been, it would have been fine. Like, everyone would have kept their, their normal, um, you know, card flavor, and you would have taken out that, that one really bad feel, you know, in the crew, but they just did everything like too much, you know, the wrong way. Well, there was and, like, you know, six different ways we could nerf this crew in order to bring it into reasonability. And they were like, let's do all of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> Why stop at one? Yeah. Okay. Speaking of the factions that are hitting the top of the podium, we've got, you know, one and two, we've got Neverborn, which let's be honest for a while Neverborn has not been in a great spot. Neverborn, the new hotness? Question mark. Uh, I don't know about all of that. I think we have a lot of Neverborn loyalists in Texas specifically. True. Um, and Indeed. I think that uh, our Neverborn loyalists are also coincidentally good players. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's because of the divine power of Neverborn and GG4 that we ascended to the top. No, not at all. Uh, no. Um, the Basically, Neverborn, in my opinion, other than like initiative control, are the losers in the anything you can do, I can do better. Um, yeah, like Zoretta, you could argue, is like a really great Obey Master, but she's even still better in Bayou. And then like there's just other better <laughs> Obey Masters and like Condition Mancy is Pandora's thing, but like who really cares that bad? Like there's a couple matchups that are bad. But for the most part, like Neverborn as a faction identity, love to spread out. And take uneven fights where they can. And so I think that GG4, to the Guild v. Neverborn question, it is more of Neverborn's game than Guild's at this point. Just because of what the GG is asking us to do. That being said, at Nathan, if I must, (laughs) I will bring Guild and win with it. uh, Just so that you can believe in Guild and thusly yourself. Can you make a crew of only errated models uh, to prove this point? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, I can't do only errated models. Like, I mean, if I was going to do Toll, you know, I would hire the three, but I can't, like, well, they didn't errata the saboteurs or whatever they're called yet. All right, 50% errated models. 50% (laughs) errated models. I'll have to I'll have to do some hard thinking on that. Okay, right. <laughs> no, no, you, gotta, you gotta bring only eroded models and the rest have to be, you know, at a keyword errata models. I don't think <laughs> any of the totems have been eroded. Like <laughs> Yeah. Uh-oh. I'm screwed. Um Guild, but, Guild's true strength, totems. Totems. No, no. Yeah. Uh, I think that Guild thematically is just like to me not quite as interesting as some of the other factions. Because they're, they are the space marines of the <laughs> Malibro world. Uh-oh. Where it's like, what am I going to say? It's like, you know, it's dudes with guns. They're dudes. They have guns. Like, 80% of the faction is, I'm a dude, and I probably have a gun. And I could probably use it in melee. Right. I might have a switch hitter vibe. And so it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So space marines. 
and they have real jobs. Like how how lame is that? Like it just hasn't thematically called to me, but like mechanically, I think Guild's fine. But it's just that we, like I said, have a bunch of Neverborn loyalists in Texas, and so I think Neverborn hits the podium more often here. And it's not necessarily a factor of whether or not Guild sucks or Neverborn is new god, but it's just, especially for the number of players we have, player preference. Yeah, agreed. I, I think Neverborn is fun to play, and I think this was definitely like a funsy tournament. Everyone was kind of trying out new stuff, and so you know, might as well you know play the stuff that's you know the most fun to play. And so 100%. That's, that's why there's a bunch of Neverborn there. So, uh, Jonathan, are you planning on sticking with Neverborn for a little while there, or diving back into Arcanists once you know people have got a little bit more GG4 under their belts? So, I it, one of the reasons I wanted to jump back into Neverborn is because I have a bunch of like half paid in models, and I really wanted some like uh, you know reason to actually finish them off. And so, ah. my, my 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 Savage crew is almost done. I, I can't wait to get those guys back on the table and get stomped. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think Zoraida too looks really fun. I want to play around with her. So I, there, there's some stuff I want to try out. There's some experimentation I want to do. So I'll definitely be sticking with these guys for a couple months. That's cool. All right. So uh, I guess before we wrap things up here with that, uh, do you have any uh, plugs or parting thoughts? I, I would just, you know, always for your terrain needs, always jump to Top Dog Designs first. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, you're coming up with some really cool stuff. It just keeps getting better and more diverse. So I'm not sure how much, or just, you know, if you want to just come down to, to Houston for a monthly tournament, um, then you can see it all painted up all nice and neat. And you can probably, you know, place your order, you know, then and there and, and give your cash money to Doug's hot little hands. They have very <laughs> hot hands. Like hand model. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I, I, I just, I, I've been really impressed with the amount of maps that you've been able to create. And uh, it's, it's, it's cool to be able to play it in that kind of environment. Yeah, I'm glad you enjoy them. Cool. Oh, and speaking of seeing awesome boards, uh, now's the point where I'm going to, hey, tell you all about uh, Las Vegas Open is coming up. And as always, I go out to uh, Las Vegas. I take the nice 22-hour long drive out there to bring all of my lovely Top Doug Designs terrain out to uh, Las Vegas and have, you know, I'll say the best-looking tables at the Las Vegas Open. And uh, so that's happening. Uh, Malifaux events are going to be January 19th through the 21st going on on Friday. We've got the Friday Fun Pass where we've got the Double Rush Tournament going on and then the Bonanza Brawl in the evening. Don't get there quite in time for playing in the Double Rush. You know, hey, plenty of room on the tables for open play. And then Saturday and Sunday, we've got the Fiendish Gamble GT happening. It'll be the first GT in North America using the Gaining Grounds 4. So, Very nice. Yeah. So uh, tickets available now. You should all come to Las Vegas Open. Very, very cool. But yeah. Uh, hey, everybody. Uh, thank you all so much for coming and uh, dealing with me as being the sole host today. <laughs> I know it was a little more scattered than normal without the uh, cat wrangler that is Clay. Well, thankfully we had Andre here to keep us on point. So. <laughs> <laughs> Always glad to be of service. Hey, thank you guys for coming. Thank you. Thanks, Doug. It's a pleasure. 
Students of Conflict is brought to you by Top Dog Design. Check out topdogdesign.com for all of your Malfo terrain needs. Top Dog Design, 3D printable designs to enhance your tabletop. Students of Conflict is not an official product of Weird Miniatures LLC. All intellectual property belonging to Weird Miniatures is used with permission. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of entities they represent. Any content provided by our guests and or hosts are their opinion and not intended to malign any group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. Woo! intro thing today because clay's not here to do it so (laughs) i know right this is so weird you have up to three takes before i give up